listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. Hey, what's up, guys? It is your friend and trusted because I'm trustworthy podcast host, Ted Shuttlesworth, back with you again another Monday. This one's a little late in coming, but I didn't miss my deadline. It is still Monday, and uh, we got a new podcast episode for you. As you guys know, I never, ever, slash rarely, ever do this, and that what I'm referring to is repurposing content for the podcast. And um, I like to make sure that whatever content I'm putting out for you guys is brand new. I don't like to recycle content, um, although you should sometimes, especially if it's good. But today, I want to, because last week, my father and I did a recording together that was literally, I believe, so powerful and so needed right now in this generation that I wanted to give it to you guys in podcast format. So today, we're going to be dealing with this um thought process of mistakes that young ministers must avoid. And keep in mind that if you're not a preacher, pastor, evangelist, whatever, if you're a Christian, you're still a minister. God has a plan and a call on your life to do great things for his kingdom. So this podcast is very, very relevant and applicable for your life. Um, So you need to stay tuned. But my father, who has been in the miracle ministry for over 43 years and has seen so many wonderful things that God's used him to do, um, was kind enough to be with me on these last two weeks of Facebook live broadcast. But this one really stuck out. And I know it's going to be a blessing to you guys. So stay tuned. And then I'll be back at the end to pray with you guys and uh, give you a few more announcements as well. I love you guys so much. Enjoy this, and I'll see you in just a few minutes. Take a minute and share the broadcast, because this is going to be very, very important today. I really believe that somebody's going to receive a word today by instruction, by wisdom, that's going to save you years of hurt, years of pain, years of debt. I really believe that, that God will spare you from trouble that you should have gone through, but by a word of instruction, a word of guidance from the Holy Ghost, you can miss out on the setbacks that the devil had planned for your ministry and planned for your life. I remember hearing Bishop David Oyedepo say one time, he said, mistakes can be very costly. He said, some mistakes you can easily recover from. Some mistakes take years to recover from and other mistakes you'll never recover from. So you have to be very mindful that your life is important. Your calling is important. What you're doing for God is important and it's not to be taken lightly. So all of the impartation that you can get, you should get. I'm talking about good impartation, all valuable impartation you can get, get your hands on, apply it. And uh, know that God's using it to take you to a higher place. And uh, I believe that that's what God God is doing. As I was praying this morning, one of the things I really felt the Lord say is that I believe that March is going to be a month that God's going to give us divine momentum in the Holy Ghost. That we're going to quickly uh, and with an expedited method carry out what God's called us to do. Get ready. This is what I'm encouraging you. Get ready for what God's called you to do 
to be quickly accomplished in the month of March. But things you thought were going to take through half the year to get accomplished, God will carry it out for you and with you before this quarter comes to an end in Jesus name. And so we're going to pray for you before the end of this broadcast and ask God to give you expedited answers to your prayers and to quickly take you into a flow or momentum of the Holy Ghost that nothing can stop. Amen. That you can quickly do what God's called you to do. And God will do it because God has an agenda to accomplish on this earth. Time is short. Jesus is coming and there's work to be done. Amen. Talking about momentum, the closer you get to the coming of Christ, mm -hmm. it won't take as long for your seed to come back as a harvest, Amen. your prayers to be answered. There is a prophetic acceleration Amen. in this time that we're living. And uh, I feel that. I think in the month of March, that we're going to see a picking up of the pace, a picking up of speed. Mm -hmm. And sometimes to go faster, you got to stand still and see the glory of the Lord. Amen. Because one thing from God can propel you way past, way past yeah. where you would be if you were just trying to do it in your own strength Amen. and power. Amen. And promotion does come from the Lord. I think that's obviously what David probably recognized when he said better is one day in your courts than a thousand, thousand anywhere else. God can do more for you in one day than you can do for yourself or that other people can do for you in a thousand days. Yeah. So that's why it's important that what you do for the Lord must be directed by the Lord. Psalm 127, the Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. So obviously we want to do only what God's asked and called us to do and not be busy doing things that we thought up on our own. That was my dad's favorite verse. Psalm 127. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain to build it. Amen. I can do all things through Christ. Whew. Glory to God. Praise God. It strengthens me. Amen. And I'm getting stronger every day since uh, I fell and smashed my knee. <laughs> Oh, boy. Day by day. Every day, God does something for us. Amen. This is great. I love Facebook. Yeah. I love that the, the verse that in, in the book. I believe it's in the book of Lamentations that says, His mercies are new every morning, and His faithfulness is great. Amen. When you woke up this morning, you had new joy that comes in the morning, new mercies that come in the morning, and His new faithfulness every single morning that belongs to you. There's Pastor Ben Kroski from Holland. Love you, Pastor Ben. And he's in Amsterdam. Love you guys. I wonder if he's the guy I met at Rodney Hart Brown's. He is. Yeah. Yep. Hello, brother. I remember you. You're a good person. We love you. He's like an anointed Banana Republic model. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Always dressed very sharp. Oh. Amen. <laughs> John Napier, good to see you. Love you. Tony Lambert. Love you, buddy. So let's talk about some of these things. There's Pastor Tim Gibb just logged on from Sarnia, Ontario. Bethel, Sarnia. Love you. When the Lord gives you an instruction and you obey and a door has yet to open, do we be still and wait all the more? Here's a question. What difference does it make which side of the harvest field you go into as long as you go in and get the harvest? Yeah. And I would also say, Ashley... When God gives you an instruction, there's always action attached to it. 
So you keep doing what the Lord called you to do until the answer that he promised you comes to pass. What's the thing you always said before is that always go back to the last instruction God gave you. The last place that you obeyed God brings promotion. Mm -hmm. And the last place you disobeyed God, if you don't go back and fix it, you'll never get past it. And it delays, if not prohibits, promotion. Mm -hmm. So it's important to obey the word of God. Amen. I mean, every time. I do think this. Years ago, I heard that Paul Finkenbinder, a great uh, minister in South America, they called him Hermano Pablo. He was on radio all over Central America, South America. Um, he came to our Bible school and he preached a message. God has no green lights. And he said, a lot of people are sitting around waiting to do the will of God, to look for doors, etc. Mm -hmm. But he said, God has no green lights. He already said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And here's what he said. He said, when he was a young minister starting out in the 50s, he went to a, a, a village in Africa that had never heard the gospel but Coca-Cola was already being sold in the village. Mm -hmm. He said the executives in Atlanta didn't sit around and say, we want to take our product out. You know, eventually we'll, we'll believe for an open door or whatever. He said they just go and do it. Right. And he said the church needs to have the same mentality. Instead of waiting around, you see the Macedonian vision that the Apostle Paul had mm -hmm. is the... Uh, extraordinary but not the normal okay you should just keep going and going and if you're not supposed to god will put a check there and stop you mm -hmm. and a lot of people are waiting for a sign and you know someone said i put a fleece out before god stop fleecing god mm -hmm. we are led by the spirit we walk by faith not by sight not by the natural senses mm -hmm. and john 16 as many as are uh, led and guided by that spirit Bible says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will lead, number one, and guide you into mm -hmm. all truth. So a lot of people, that inertia, the paralysis of analysis, my dad used to yeah, say, that's right. you're bound because you're waiting for a sign, waiting yep. for a confirmation. You already have, and let me do it this way, you already have the word of God. Amen. And Jesus said, go ye into all the world. Yes. And uh, uh, my, your aunt, Ellie goes to Norm Du Bois's church. Well, Norm didn't sit around saying, well, I wonder if I should win souls in Orlando. Right. Uh, there at East Coast Believers Church. Mm -hmm. He just started doing the work. Right. That's why I always like that kind of faith. You just do it. Yeah. And then when it was time to start another work, you don't sit around fast and pray and get the, a board to agree with you. You just do what you got to do. Mm -hmm. And one of the signs I would say to younger ministers that you can tell when God does it is there will be supernatural provision. Amen. If he told you to do it. God pays for what he orders. That's it. So if you didn't catch that, put it in the comments section. One of the signs that God is moving you to do something supernatural in your ministry provides is it. that he provides the resources for you to do it. One of the signs that it's not God is that everything that you're having to do to make that thing happen has to come from your own resource, your own strength, and your own provision. You shouldn't struggle. 
The Bible says, fight the good fight of faith, Paul mm -hmm. told Timothy. It's the one fight the devil can never win. And it's the one fight, as a believer, you always win. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a preacher said to me, oh, I'm fighting tigers. I'm fighting lions. Well, stop it. Yeah. And just go along for the ride. Let God make a way Amen. for you. He said, my yoke's easy. Yes. And my burden's light. I remember one time a minister's wife came to see your mother. They went to high school together. And she said, Brother Ted, I've heard, you know, you've had some difficulties. She said, it must be so hard for you to be, uh, to, to be in the ministry and do what you're doing. I looked at her and said, sister, it's never been easier. Jesus said, my yoke's easy. Mm -hmm. My burden is light. That's right. And that's how you got to think. Absolutely. If you're struggling, there, there's somewhere your flesh is overruling or overriding the spirit man. Mm -hmm. But once you are led by the spirit, yes, it's the easiest thing in the world. That's right. And I want to stop right there because that's something that even right now we have popular people that are preaching and ministering. I, I literally saw it this morning. People that have the ear of this nation that are teaching millennials and those that are around this nation, around the world, really, that sometimes God takes you down a few steps and that that's God and he'll make it hard sometimes, but then he'll take you up some steps. Literally, this has just been preached and it's being preached. This thought process is common and it's demonic. It is not of God. Because it gets people in the mindset that you need to expect to struggle. And here's the problem, is that when you're going through a struggle, you now don't know whether it's an attack from the enemy against your ministry or your life. Thank you, John. Or if it's God that's trying to bring you back into humility or whatever those people think that God does by knocking you down a few pegs. And so you, we, we've got a whole generation of ministers that if they face something, they're unsure what to do. How do, I, how do I address this? Do I stand against it in faith because it's an attack against my ministry? Or do I accept it with humility because it's God knocking me down a few rungs on the ladder? God's, and, I, and let me be very emphatic about this, God's desire for you and your ministry is that you never stop increasing until Jesus comes back. And I want to read a verse of scripture to well, back up what I'm talking about. Now, while you're doing that, do you remember that guy years ago, Bobby McFerrin? Yes. I heard his song and I thought it was a gospel song. Don't worry, be happy. Yeah. So I went to church that night and I was trying to teach the people and I got the funniest stares, but I like the song. Don't worry, be happy. Yeah. <laughs> and there's too much worry in the body of Christ. That's right. And we need... Uh, and he's, Ted's going to read this first, but we need to have the understanding is that struggle is not a part of the message of Jesus Christ. Someone said, well, he'll do better once he gets his cross. Well, first of all, a cross is something you willfully take up. That's right. And then secondly, and I really believe this, a lack of understanding of how faith works absolutely is messing up younger Christians and even older Christians. Mm -hmm. Daryl thinks that's worth two smiles and a nice set of teeth. Amen, Daryl. I'm telling you, it's <laughs> so demonic that that thought process is, is being pushed into the body of Christ because it's not only does it contradict the word of God. You know, people take Jesus' statements that he made about being persecuted for the faith. 
And they turn those statements into suffering from things that Jesus already redeemed us from. That's it. You can't take the context of scripture. It's called proper hermeneutical study. It means that you rightly divide the word of God. You can't take scriptures out of context. Which means it can be wrongly divided. Absolutely. And people are doing it. And they'll take things that Jesus said about persecution for standing with Christ or preaching the gospel and they'll read those verses and see see that means that you know sickness will come upon us see that means that poverty will overtake us from time to time but you know that's not what Jesus was talking about you know Reggie Scarborough before you read that he was talking to me yesterday but he said this beat up mentality in other words God beats you up to fix you up Mm -hmm. is unscriptural it's not scriptural and I said brother Reggie I couldn't agree with you more and unfortunately, he was telling me, I, I don't know who it was, but a major national minister wanted to come preach for him and sent 500 copies of a book to his church. Yeah. And when Brother Scarborough looked at it, he said, I don't believe none of this. Right. So he called the guy and he said, uh, you said this, this and this. And the guy said, I don't believe that. In other <laughs> words, I don't know if he had a ghostwriter or, or what happened. But unfortunately... Um, and I, I know you're going to address this, but some of the younger uh, leaders and ministers have this God beat you up to fix you up mentality. It's an extreme form of um, Calvinism is what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, I know exactly what you he mean He lives by down it. the street, Ben Calvin. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Let me read you a verse of scripture from Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18. And this needs to be in your spirit for the rest of your life. The Bible says the path of the righteous. Somebody in the comments write, that's me. Yes. That's me. The path of the righteous. So what what follows in this verse describes what the path of your life should look like for the rest of your life. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The path of the righteous is like the first light of dawn. Amen, Terry. That shines brighter and brighter and brighter. And listen to me. 2019 is going to be brighter than 2018. 2020 will be brighter if Jesus tarries than 2019. March is going to be brighter than February was. April will be brighter than March was. We don't go backward. We move forward. We don't decrease. We increase. Increase. And the Bible is very clear. I mean, I can take you from scripture to scripture. Isaiah 119. And put these references in the comments section for people that don't believe like this. Isaiah 119, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Didn't say you'll struggle. You know, I've heard people actually say, well, you can do all the Lord tells you to do and you'll still face troubles and trials and you'll still go through issues and you'll still be defeated. You can do, listen, you can obey all the instructions God ever gives you, but that doesn't mean you'll have the victory all the time. That's not what the Bible teaches. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Job 3611. If they'll only obey and serve me, they'll spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Deuteronomy 28.1. If you'll be faithful to observe and obey all that I command you this day, then I'll set you on high above all the nations of the world. You'll lend to many nations. You will not borrow. The obedience 
obedience that you have for the covenant of this mighty word. John 14, 21, you've heard me quote many times. Jesus said it this way, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and then I will love him and I will manifest myself to him. You can't have Jesus manifest himself to you mm. and you still be in destruction and in loss and missing the victory. When Jesus manifests himself to you, he manifests victory every time. Paul said it in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, inspired by the Holy Ghost. Thanks be unto God who always gives us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He always gives us what? The victory. So if there's a point in your life or ministry where you don't have the victory in a certain area, it is never because God slated you for decrease or slated you for problems. It is never God's design to make your path darker. Right. It's always God's design to take you into brighter days. We go from grace unto grace, from victory unto victory, from faith unto faith. It means that we don't go backwards. We move forward by the power of the Brother Holy Summer Ghost. Brother Summerall used to teach us young guys, faith always goes forward. Always goes forward. Always gives us the victory. Thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God. Hallelujah. Always. 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 Yeah. So here's the real truth. In other words, don't plan for defeat. Don't plan for defeat. Don't let your Ministry be one that listens to the voices. This is why, and I'm sure you could speak about this. I think one of the biggest mistakes of young ministers in this generation is that they listen to the wrong voices and they'll just listen to stuff because it's trendy or they listen to stuff because it's popular and think, well, because he has a big church, what he's saying must be right. Uh -huh. Just because you have a big church doesn't mean that the doctrine you're preaching is correct. You have to make sure that what somebody's saying lines up with the word of God. And you've got to make sure that what you hear is building your faith and putting you in position to overcome because it is truth that sets you free. You know, here's a revelation of what's in a person's heart. Have you ever heard him talk about, well, we're going to have a soft launch and then we'll have the hard launch for the church later. Right. What that is, if, if it doesn't work on the soft launch, uh, then maybe it'll work on the hard launch. And I was listening to a guy explain this to young preachers. I thought this guy is a, a nut. If God told you to do something, just do it. Do it. Not a soft launch and a hard launch. Just do it. The blessing will come on it. Increase will begin to work. Because you see, the kingdom of God is based on increase. Yes. And as you said, I see a lot of younger ministers, at least younger than me, that are on today. Let me just say this. If God be for you. Amen. There's nobody's going to be against you. Who can be against and you? And even the devil himself cannot stop what God's going to do through your life. You should lift your hands right now as a believer, as a man or a woman of God, and begin to thank God that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Amen. Every tongue that rises against you, thou shalt condemn. That's you. That's me. We speak up and we let the devil know. Yes. And this is a key. I believe, uh, especially in the area what you're dealing with, and that is to keep a good attitude. Mm -hmm. You have to fill your spirit, your That's heart, right. with the word of God 
that literally your thinking is then renewed by the word and you begin mm-hmm. to think there's nothing that can happen to me that God can't do something about it. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Woo, glory to God. I Amen. felt that myself. Glory Amen. to God. You know, it's interesting. You've got to be hallelujah. very guarded about what you allow into your spirit. Hello, Kenny. You know, people say, you know, have you heard this guy preach? No, I haven't. How can you have never heard him preach? You've never heard him preach one message? No. He's one of the most popular speakers of our generation. Have you never heard him? Because I've heard clips of what he believes or what he teaches, and it doesn't, it doesn't line up at all with what I believe. You know what so, I used to do? Preachers would say, we'd love to have you. Send us a tape. This is years ago. So we can uh, see what your preaching's like. And you know what I always answered them? Send me one of your tapes to make sure that I'm working with somebody that uh, is preaching right. That's right. They never had me come in, and I knew right then I wouldn't be going in. That's right. But it's a two-way street. We must have unity. And the only way you can have unity is if you believe the Word of God. Amen. And there'll be disagreements. Sure. You know, he has this shirt. I have this shirt. (laughs) I like this. He likes that. That doesn't mean that we're not in unity. It just means everybody has personal preferences. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the gospel. Uh, We have, I said this the other day, I was with Bishop Thomas and, and, uh, uh, we were talking, I said, there's too many specialists in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a prosperity preacher. I'm a healing preacher. Paul said, I declare unto you the whole counsel of God. Amen. The whole counsel of God. Amen. So my encouragement would be in this area of what you're doing today, study to show yourself approved. You dealt with that already. Mm-hmm. But learn how to declare all of God's word. Amen. And don't just be a specialist. I don't think that you could, I mean, I could be wrong on this. I've, I've read the Bible. I I spend time often reading it. I don't think you could find in the Bible an example of a man of God or a minister of God, old or new Testament that only focused on one area of what God does. Only you look at the prophets. They had deliverance in their ministries They had healing in their ministries. Mm -hmm. They preached repentance in their ministries. You go into the New Testament to the apostles, the disciples. They saw healing. They saw salvation. They saw baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. They saw deliverance. They they preached repentance. I don't think you can find an example of somebody in the Bible. And if if, if I'm wrong, let me know. But I don't think I've ever found an example of a minister in the Bible, Old or New Testament, that only focused on one aspect of the things of God. And look at your great preachers that I come up under. Lester Sumrall, Brother Shambach, Oral Roberts. These were the men when I was young coming up. They preached it all. Mm-hmm. Brother Sumrall might preach on prophecy. He yep. might preach on a deliverance. Mm-hmm. Now, there are certain areas that God uses a ministry. Sure. Brother Sumrall was mightily used of God to cast out demons. Yes. Brother Shambach preached by the gift of faith. Oral Roberts had a great understanding. Jesus appeared to him in Phillips, Oklahoma, uh, the school there in Enid. And he was fasting and praying. And he got a revelation of Christ the healer. Mm-hmm. T.L. Osborne, uh, God gave him a vision. He saw a Bible in the casket. God mm-hmm. let him choose. If you'll preach the word, you'll have a long life. And he did. Mm-hmm. I've heard him tell the story. But there may be an area that the Holy Spirit 
will use you in. Now, John chapter 2, the Bible says many believed on his name when they saw the miracles which he did. Yes. So I've always emphasized healing because I want to get a lot of people um, saved. Sure. A lot of people saved. Yep. And uh, so someone says, well, Brother Ted specializes in healing. No. I specialize in soul winning. Yeah. And I just found through the years, if you want to get a lot of people saved, start having the blind see, the deaf hear. Yes. The crowd comes out, the local area, and people hear the gospel. And they, uh, since the last six weeks, we have just about over 400 souls saved. Mm-hmm. Hans Hess told me when we were in Elizabeth City, you were with me. Yep. That most of the people he saw saved didn't go to his church. They were from the town, over yep. 100 plus. In mm-hmm. uh, Margate, we had strong altar calls, but Saturday and Sunday were the biggest. And uh, Bishop told me, he said, a lot of these people, we don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. And so hundreds were being born again. Amen. But after the operation of miracles, young preachers, whoever you may be, um, you must remember and never forget it, that God will give you a word Mm-hmm. And you have to be faithful with that word. Yes. And that comes to the area of integrity. That's exactly right. Absolutely. So if there's an area of your ministry that doesn't seem to be working, meaning you feel like you're struggling all the time. For example, let's say that you have a great revelation on soul winning and you're seeing people saved all the time, but you just can't seem to break through in the area of seeing people healed from sickness or disease. It means not that God has not called you to heal the sick or uh, to have that kind of a ministry. It only means that you don't have sufficient truth in that area in your spirit to operate at that level of manifestation. For the Bible says in John 8, 32, that you will know the truth, yes, and the truth will set you free. There has to be um, the area of a revelation of God's word in an area before your faith can work in that area. Faith is not general; faith is specific to subject matter. That that's why the Bible uh, shows us that there are people who had faith to be saved, but they didn't have faith to receive the Holy Ghost. Wow! They had faith to be saved, but no faith to be healed, because faith is compartmentalized by topical, topical. study. Yeah. So my father has always preached that what you want to see take place in your life or ministry, then begin to preach it because you get what you preach. Faith, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you want to see that, preach to yourself first. Meaning, I remember we used to, in, in your younger years of ministry, I was just a little, little boy. But on we'd had, we had those conversion vans driving all around the country to these meetings. But almost always you'd have a cassette tape on of somebody preaching or teaching something. Yeah, and I never played secular uh, country western or whatever. I always had uh, a, in those days cassette tape before you were born eight tracks. I used to play the whole trip. Somebody preaching, somebody singing the gospel, mm-hmm. filling my spirit up every single day. Yep. I probably carried fifty to sixty tapes of Brother Shambach's Remember preaching. There was, a, there was a zip case, and you yep. unzip it, and then it had places All to stack tapes. All those cassettes, yeah. <laughs> Inside. And I had A. Allen, I had uh, Oral Roberts, I had uh, uh, Brother Hagen. I just constantly fed my spirit mm-hmm. with the Word of God. As a younger minister, it's important that you feed your spirit 
with the Word of God. Absolutely. You know, one of the things, and you could speak about this, I think one of the things that young ministers struggle with, especially in this generation where so many things are pulling at your time, pulling at your attention, you know, it really there's a lot of time wasters in our generation. In this generation, more than any other that's ever existed are things to pull your time and waste your time. But one of the things I think a lot of ministers are tempted to fall into is spiritual laziness. Spiritual laziness, meaning that they allow things to pull them out of time so they don't pray, they don't study the word, they don't uh, try to receive impartation as you did through listening to preaching and teaching to build their faith. They allow themselves to get sucked into other things in this in this generation because there are so many things to be sucked into. Uh, and they've and here's the thing: they've designed these things with the psychological background to know how to feed you what you like, so that you'll just get in into a circle of content, so that you never get out. And so, oh, I like that. I want to watch that. I want to see this. I want to hear this. I want to do this. They've learned how to put your mind almost on cruise control to keep selecting another thing. And before you know it, three hours has passed. Netflix has autoplay. YouTube has a recommended for you section. And these things are actually designed to keep you in a content loop so that you never leave their website, that you never leave their product. And it's easier than ever. You know, back in the day, you could just lay the newspaper down. But now they're just feeding you up more content. Watch this next. Watch this next. And they've learned how to pull you out of your everyday life and put you into their product. So more than ever, it's easy to be have your time wasted by mm. things that have no eternal value. But what would you say? There's a lot of people that spiritual laziness is, is something that's a problem. Well, let me uh, come at that this way. Years ago, I used to go to Brother Hagin's meetings if I had free time. And there was a precious brother out in New York, Nanuet, New York, Clinton Utterbach. And he told me, he said, Brother Ted, when I was young, I went to A.A. Allen's meetings uh, at St. Nicholas Arena in New York City. And he said, I got born again and I got saved. But he said, now I'm dealing with what Ted just said here. My son said, Brother Utterback said this to me. He said, I learned, I learned to guard the anointing in my life. And Brother Hagin called him up in this meeting. And he just started singing, playing the piano. I will trust in the Lord. Someone said, what does that got to do with spiritual laziness? Hold on. I will trust in the Lord. And as he began to sing that, the Lord said this to me. He said, you feel the anointing coming out of Brother Utterbach singing and piano playing? I said, I sure do. The Lord said, that's because he gives himself to me every day. Mm -hmm. And my presence is with him. When you're spiritual lazy or you're lazy and you're not pressing in. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to say it the best, but let me use it that way. Yeah. Then that keeps you from the greater anointing. Yeah. And it keeps you as a vessel from carrying the mighty presence of God. Oh, now Brother Utterbox in heaven now, and so is Brother Hagin. But I can still sing with my hand raised to heaven. I will trust in the Lord. Amen. But, and my wife will tell you, your mother, and you probably know this, every day I'm pressing in. 
Every day I'm pressing in, which means that even after four decades of doing this, mm -hmm. you can't give up and you can't let up. Yes. I've seen older ministers mess up. You know what I believe it is? I think they feel like they've arrived. They've done it for so long and they get slack. Yes. And they get spiritual, uh, spiritually lazy. Yeah. And so you got to press in, press in. Yes. Press in. Because there is a devil. That's right. That is out to keep you from being effective. That's right. In the anointing. God bless you, Charlie. Charlie Shamson. You know, you, you, you've done this for years. One of the things that I, I, I tell people I feel like is so important. If you don't set or schedule time with the Lord, you'll never have it. Because some, you, you used to preach this about, you know, people say, well, I'll pray when I wake up tomorrow morning. Then they, then they get up and they're tired. They hit the snooze button seven times. Catch you later, Lord. Yeah, I'll pray when I get my lunch break at work. I'll pray when I get home from work. I'll pray right before bed. But when they get under the covers and get real cozy, they say, oh, you know what? I'll do it in the morning when I wake up. And if you don't schedule time with the Lord, you will never have it. Because there will always be something. You know as well as I do, free time is a thing of the past. Almost nobody has free time anymore. It's that... There's always something there to fill up your free time. And I find it interesting because even in the New Testament, they were doing this in the early church. In Acts chapter 3, the Bible says Peter and John were going to the temple at the hour of prayer, which was the ninth hour or three o'clock in the afternoon. One of the things that sticks out to me there is that the early church had a scheduled hour of prayer. of prayer that they got involved with on a daily basis that they didn't skip it wasn't do it whenever you have free time it wasn't you know whenever you feel the lord leading you no we're meeting together for a scheduled hour of prayer on a daily basis i've heard ministers say this you know i was listening to bishop oyedepo during fasting and prayer he said if you're fasting if you're fasting food and you're not praying at least an hour a day, you might as well go ahead and eat something because you're not pressing into the things of God. And fasting by itself does nothing for you. Prayer it's coupled just, with fasting. It's just a, a hunger strike. It's just all it is is a diet. It's starvation. But when you couple it with prayer, it becomes a supernatural force that takes you into what God has planned for your life. And so I would say it's a good bar to set in your life to say, I'm going to give God an hour of my day in the morning to pray and to get into his presence. And listen, if you don't, if you've never prayed for an extended period of time like that, it's like we heard that minister say on TV, God doesn't want us praying for long periods of time. Prayers should be quick. Oh, the young guy from uh, the He's Far East. Yeah. No, no, no. This, this, was, this was a guy, a, 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 an American, oh. famous, famous preacher. He said, God doesn't, he, you know, long prayer is a sign of unbelief. God doesn't want you. I said, I wish somebody would have told Jesus that for in Luke 6 before he went into the mountains and prayed through the night. I think we all agree <laughs> that there's a lot of preachers on television that they would be better being butchers or fishermen. Because <laughs> God knows they, they haven't even preached the first message yet. But, you know, extended prayer, it's all through the Bible. It's all through the New Testament. Yeah. And if you've never prayed for an extended period of time, we've put together a tool to help you for free. And we've put together 100 
prayer points that you can use that are oh, based that's, on that's scriptures good. Yeah. that you can take into your prayer time and literally pray according to the word of God, kingdom prayers that will keep you on track with what God desires. If you'd like to get them for free, you can download our app for your phone or tablet. If you're an Android user, go to the Google Play Store. If you're an Apple user, the App Store and search Miracle Word. And inside that app, there's a place right on the bar that says prayer points. You click on it, pops them right up on your screen, and you can use that as a tool to begin to pray the word of God. But, you know, David Wilkerson did this uh, years ago, but he talked about something called tithing your time, tithing your time to God. And he did that. A tithe of your day, if you get it down to exact measure, is two hours and 24 minutes. That's the exact tithe of a 24-hour day. What can you do for two hours and 24 minutes throughout your day that you can give to God? One of them is you can give an hour to prayer. You could give an hour to listening to preaching and teaching. We make that easy. We've given you Miracle Word Radio that never stops. Put it on in your car. You can put it on. It's also in the app. You can put it on at your house. I got it the other day on my, is it Alexa? Alexa. You just tell Alexa. I said, Miracle Word Radio, please. (laughs) That's right. And next thing I know, my son's preaching in the dining room. We give you podcasts, broadcasts like this. You can watch on archive or watch live. There's all kinds of things you can do to get the word of God preached and taught to you. You could give that to God for an hour and be imparted to from teaching and preaching on YouTube or whatever. But then you could take another 30 minutes and read the mighty word of God. If you just did those three things every day, I promise you that you would go to the next level in your own spiritual life for God by praying an hour, listening to preaching, teaching for an hour, reading the word of God for a half an hour. Do it at your own ratio. But watch and see as you put those three seeds into your spirit, God would take you to the next level just by tithing your time to the kingdom of God. And when you do that, I mean, that's people say, well, it sounds like you're getting very works mentality minded about it. You're getting very now. It sounds to me like your faith without <laughs> works is dead is Baptist. It's funny to me. That's a joke, by the way. <laughs> it's funny to me how everybody does this in every other area of their life except their spiritual life. People know there has to be routine and discipline for their work. There has to be routine and discipline for their physical body. They go to the gym. People will stand an hour on a treadmill. You know, they'll lift weights. It's funny how in business, people will network for an hour. They'll, they'll read business books from Barnes & Noble to figure out how to be an entrepreneur for an hour. But when it comes to their spiritual life, oh no, we're just going to let God do what he wants to do. There needs to be a disciplined routine that keeps you in the power of God on a daily basis <laughs> so that God can use you at a greater level. Have you seen on an iPhone, it came up the other day, tell me how much faith... Uh, Screen time. Screen time I had for the week, and it was one hour and four minutes, and I apologized to God. An hour and four minutes. Yeah, that's That's too much. Is it? (laughs) I I felt convicted. If that's convicting, then I need to get on my knees at this very moment and begin to repent unto the Lord. Screen time, we come (laughs) against you now, Jesus. Oh, that's funny. But you've, you've seen this, I'm sure, spiritual laziness. What did you do to combat that, even in the earlier years of your ministry? Uh, when you start having demon-possessed people come in the meetings, you begin to find out really quick whether 
God sent you or you just went <laughs> and you begin to press in. They brought an insane woman in our meeting in Akron, Ohio. Frank Nemeth's watching. It was his father-in-law, Brother Christopher Lee's church. Mm -hmm. And this girl was chained and shackled. They brought her from the mental institution. And she broke those chains, picked up one of the women in the church and threw her about five rows back. <laughs> and... Uh, I saw that and I said to the husband, I'll cast the devil out of her, but I want you to give me three days to prepare myself. And I learned that from Brother Sumrall. When that girl in the Philippines was uh, demon possessed, they put on the national radio across the Philippines. Mm -hmm. Brother Sumrall heard it and he said, Lord, I want to cast the devil out mm -hmm. of that girl. He, the Lord led him to fast. So I did the same. And prayed. And uh, on the end of the third day, they brought her back. And the demons knew I'd been in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I never would say it. But I'm just saying they could tell it because they started speaking out of her. We're not coming out. Well, three days before, they weren't talking like that. And then they said, we know you're a man of God. Mm-hmm. And they kept on going and going. And I took my Bible and I laid it on the girl's head. And when I did, the demon started screaming, it's burning, it's burning. Yeah, that's correct. It's Clarita, not Clariti. It's Clarita Villanueva yeah. was the young prostitute in, Man in Manila. Mm -hmm. But um, the demons came out of her. Mm -hmm. Now you say, what did I do? I believe that when you are confronted with the reality of the supernatural realm, mm -hmm. you begin to have the understanding, I can do all things through Christ mm -hmm. who strengthens me. And if you don't have that uh, urgency, well, understanding mm -hmm. and urgency, then you'll never be successful in any ministry, whether you're in a ministry gift or a believer. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, mm -hmm. but we do wrestle. Yes. It's just that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And then there's four classifications of evil that Paul in Ephesians 6 taught us that we deal with. You will deal with one of those levels at some point mm -hmm. in your Christian experience. So you have to stay filled with the Holy Ghost, mm -hmm. filled up with the Word, and available. Amen. And if you're spiritually lazy, then you come off the lines. That's right. The front lines of evangelism, of ministry. But if you have a heart to do something for God, mm -hmm. I believe you'll press in even more. I believe that. So I hope that answers your question, son. And not to mention, too, is that I would say if you couple with that, would you say one of the people, one of the reasons that people many times don't pursue that is because they don't have an eternal mindset? They're too focused on what's happening now in the natural. They don't recognize that there are people who need what they have, that there's, there's something God's called them to do. And so if they just allow themselves to go into a zombified mode where they're just going through life, work, home, chores, family, TV, and they don't understand there's a greater purpose for my life that I need to be used by God. If they don't do that, they'll not value the fuel they need to get it done. Yeah, and you got to remember... The Apostle Paul taught that we're to die daily. Mm -hmm. 
And as long as you're alive under the world and the things of your flesh, mm -hmm. you can't be used of God. That's right. But if you'll die out to your flesh, die out to the desires of the flesh. Yes. The, the, I call it a kingdom mentality. Amen. The only reason I'm alive is to work for Christ. Amen. And when I stop working for him, he'll probably call me home. I intend to be the oldest preacher you ever met. Yeah. Because I don't intend to ever stop working for God. Amen. But every day I have to. Now, here's where you can pray this prayer. Lord, not my will. Yes. But your will be done. The will of God working through us on the earth. You young preachers, be encouraged. Yes. God wants to use you more than you want to be used. That's right. That's what I found out. And then he'll always uh, open doors. Yes. And those doors, Paul said there was open unto me uh, an effectual door at Pentecost. Mm -hmm. But the, the devil tried to resist him. Mm -hmm. That's how you know you're in the will of God. That's right. And so these four classifications of evil um, in Ephesians 6 is a part of why we need to die out to our flesh. Because if you're a dead man, the devil can't find you. That's right. The only way he can locate you is by how you talk. That's if exactly you're speaking right. the word of God, then he doesn't know where you're at or who you are. Or is the, yeah, it, it's said by Paul in uh, Colossians, I believe, chapter 3 and verse 3, uh, I, am I am dead, dead. and my life is hid with Christ in God. With Christ in God. Paul wrote to Timothy, and I'd like you to comment on this too, uh, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Now, this would be a great place to look because see Paul, an older minister who actually is coming to the very end of his ministry. Scholars tell us 2 Timothy is the last book Paul wrote in his ministry. And so he writes this final letter to Timothy and he says in verse 20, Now in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some of them for honorable use and some for dishonorable. Therefore... If anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, mm. useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Verse 22. Now here's the instruction of how to be gold and silver and not wood and clay. Flee youthful passions yeah. and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. Verse 26, that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Mm -hmm. I thought that's interesting that it was uh, to be not, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies that breed quarrels. There's a lot of drama that can suck people in and get involved with. People have beef with people. I know people that won't even talk to people. And they're both Holy Ghost-filled Christians. And they're both ministers. And, you know, I know all kinds of, of situations like that. But the Bible says here, there are things that can keep you back from being gold and being silver. Meaning that God wants to, this is interesting. God wants to use some people, but can't. Right.
It's not that God doesn't want to use you. He wants to use you. Or they're not receiving the instruction. But he can't. Now, Paul, in 2 Timothy, my son brought this up. In the 13th verse of the last chapter, Paul said, The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when you come, bring it with you, and the books, but especially the parchments. Now what you have there is the mantle. Mm -hmm. You have the logos, the books. Parchments was the revelations that Paul was getting from God. That's the rhema. Mm -hmm. Three things that this young minister had access to. His name was Carpus. Mm -hmm. Was he had access to the mantle. Yep. He had access to the logos. And he had access to the rhema. It's important, every believer, and especially young ministers, mm -hmm. to have a, a, a Paul in your life. Yes. Now, if you read on, the Bible says that in this book, they separated the sheep from the goats. And when you read this second epistle of Timothy, there were 12 reprobates, like Alexander the coppersmith, 15 that passed. And then the Bible says five Asians... Uh, that turned away from the gospel. Departures speak of the past. That was Demas. Mm -hmm. And Luke was not alone, but the Bible says he was present as a scribe. Mark represented the future, which is up for grabs. Paul gave Mark a second chance. Now, here's what I want to say to you that are watching this right now. You have access to the mantle. We call that the mighty baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You have access to the Logos, the written word of God. I hold it in my hand. I read it every day. I study it. And then Rhema, a special word that God has for you. And if you're not pressing in, if you're spiritually lazy as we dealt with a moment ago, you're going to miss your Rhema word. Mm -hmm. But once you get that, oh, hallelujah. Amen. Pasondo, corrida, bajingondo, boha. I tell you, qualifications are met by the area of the Rhema word. Mm -hmm. And these that became reprobates, and there is a list of 12 of them. Mm -hmm. And then later, uh, the Bible speaks of these that were from Asia that turned away from the gospel. Yes. What would have happened if those men had received the gospel? then I tell you China would be on fire for God today. Wow. That is how critical you young preachers need to see yourself. That's it. Because you can change entire continents. And entire continents can be changed. Now, um, there was a man by the name of, uh, I forget his name right now, but he led D.L. Moody to the Lord. D.L. Moody led Billy Sunday to the Lord. Yeah. Billy Sunday led Mordecai Ham to the Lord. And Mordecai Ham led Billy Graham to the Lord. Your preaching has the potential yes. to change the world. Amen. Now, I'm sure D.L. Moody didn't know that someday a man in his lineage, if you will, in the flow, would be raised up to change our known world. But that's how Billy Graham came mm -hmm. from Mordecai Ham, Mordecai Ham, Billy Sunday, Billy Sunday from D.L. Moody. And this is very critical, you that are watching today. 
your life is an epistle. Yes. That is read, the Bible says, and known. So you need to be encouraged. If you meet the qualifications, yes. then you can receive the promotion. Tell the story. This, you, you, have to, you have to hear this story. Because this will show you how vitally important your life is in the kingdom of God. There was a man who, who was a preacher that my grandfather uh, used to, he was a contemporary of my grandfather. And tell the story that the Lord spoke to him to go to Vietnam and begin to hold revival. We're talking about Bert Clendenin, great Assembly of God preacher, and he was from Beaumont, Texas. He used to preach in the day services with Brother Shambach, and I had the privilege of leading the singing for him. He used to say, Brother Ted, no slow songs. He said, I want everything sung fast. And I said, what do you want me to sing, Brother Clendenin? He said, through it all, well, I'm sure Andre Crouch never realized you could sing that song as fast as I did that day. <laughs> Brother Clendenin said, that's the way I like it. <laughs> Brother Clendenin, in the early 60s, was praying and carried by the spirit he thought in a dream to Vietnam, into a village. And when he was in the village, the crowd gathered and he began to speak to them in their language. This happened to him night after night after night. Then one night, the last time that vision that he thought took place, in the morning when he went to put his shoes on, there was rice encased in dirt around the soles of his shoes. He said, what in the world? Later, he was accepted by the U.S. Army as a chaplain. He went to Vietnam to preach to our men. And when he was in a hotel in uh, Hanoi, no, not Hanoi, um, that's in the north, the southern city where they all stayed. I can't recall it right now, but a Vietnamese colonel came up to him. He said, where have you been? Brother Clendenin said, what are you talking about? He said, where have you been? He said, when I was younger, you used to come into our village for one week every night and preached to us. He said, I am saved because of you. We just wondered where you went. Hmm. Where you went. Now, here's the rest of the story. The Lord spoke to Brother Clendenin. If you had obeyed me and gone to Vietnam and preached in that village and other villages, there would have been no Vietnam War. Hmm. There would have been no Vietnam War. Brother Clendenin said that was heartbreaking for him, but he understood that God had a plan for Vietnam. Mm. And for whatever reason, God gave that plan to Burke Clendenin. And Burke Clendenin later, as a chaplain, went over to preach. But he thought, what if Saigon, that's right, Frank, Saigon, um, what if I'd obeyed God back when I first had those visions? Well, wow. he thought they were dreams. The Lord said, if you had obeyed me and gone, there would have been no Vietnam War. Wow. Very important, especially you young preachers, to do everything that God shows you to do mm -hmm. and do it without fail. 
You know, one preacher told me, he said, I'm suffering from availability. In other <laughs> words, he didn't feel like he had meetings that he'd like to have. Start with what you've got, and God will give the increase. Amen. If you're faithful over little, he'll make you ruler over much. I love that scripture because I used to think it was just if you're faithful over little, he'll make you faithful over much. But he actually says, I'll make you ruler over much, which means not only does he give you more, but he also gives you promotion yes. in the middle of that increase. It's powerful. In just a moment, we're going to pray for every person that's watching. Because here's the thing. Every one of you that are watching, whether you're in five-fold ministry full-time or you're just a believer, doesn't matter. God's given every believer a ministry to this world. We've all been given the Great Commission. That's not only for ministers. It's everybody. That's for every believer. So Hello, wherever Nathan you are. Bruce. Yeah, there's my friend from Kentucky, Nathan Bruce. It doesn't matter where you are in life. You might just be doing, uh, you might be working a secular job, but you're attending your local church and you, God's given you the anointing by the power of the Holy Spirit. You have a call and a purpose on your life. God has a plan to use Praise you to impact God. the world for the kingdom. Hallelujah. And so your life is vitally important. Your ministry is vitally important. What you do before Jesus Christ comes back is vitally important. And so it's, it's very important that we, that's why we did this session today, because people need to know that God has a plan to use them in a great way to change people for eternity, change people for eternity. Imagine the people, think about this right now. Think about the people, you know, I call it your circle of influence, the people that God has put into your life. Maybe I'll never meet them. My father may never meet them, but you see them on a daily basis. When we get to heaven, I'll not be accountable for their life. My father won't be accountable for their life, but the Lord will look at you and say, if they're not saved, why are they not here in heaven? Look at every opportunity that you had to put the gospel of Jesus Christ in front of their eyes and to allow the spirit of God to draw them into the kingdom. What did you do with those that God gave you in your life? And this is, this is why we say urgency and compassion are important because this is a limited time offer. Jesus Christ is getting ready to come back to this earth very soon. We are already seeing the signs of the second coming of Christ. Hallelujah. The rapture is a signless coming. Jesus will come like a thief in the night, but the second coming of Christ has many signs that precede it and we're already beginning to see them. If we're seeing signs for that, how much closer are we to the rapture of the church? Which means time is running out to do the work that God's called us to do. More than ever before, yes. you've got to be on fire and urgently working the commission that Jesus has given you through the word of God. Which means that you've got to be a vessel of gold and silver. Don't allow yourself to be tricked into becoming a vessel of wood or clay that cannot be used to do the great things God's called you to do. Today is the day to make up in your mind, I will do what God has called me to do. I will accomplish what God's called me to accomplish and I will not fail. Hey guys, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that episode today. I'm telling you, 
More than ever before, we need to realize that our lives are important and the choices that we're making matter greatly for the kingdom of God. Let me take a minute to pray for every one of you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would use and touch every person listening to this podcast today. Lord, by the power of your spirit, I pray that you would give us a hunger to obey you and to do what we're called to do. Give us a compassion and a love for souls and an urgency to know what time we're living in. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for using us. Amen. Listen, before we sign off, let me give you just a couple quick announcements. Don't forget, next Monday, March the 11th, 2019, it's going to be our very first live podcast on Mixler, M-I-X-L-R. It's an app you can get in the Google Play Store or the App Store for your Google Play or iOS device. Once you download Mixler, search my name, Ted Shuttlesworth, no spaces, all one word, and follow my my account or my channel um, on there. And then we're going to go live at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Mixler next week and you're not going to want to miss it um, we're going to do some take some questions do question and answer session but it'll be great to have an interactive live podcast every once in a while so you're not going to want to miss that download Mixler and uh, it's going to be great I love you guys so much don't forget until next time goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life I'll talk to you soon we would love for you to join us in a live service to find out when Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be near you, please visit our website at www.miracleword.com. Uh-huh.